Hello, Parkview. My name is Tim Sutherland. I'm one of the guys that fills in here as uh, need presents itself. And I'm really glad to be here with you, but I, I have a confession to make. When they called and said, would you, would you come and, and, and be the guest speaker uh, for something called Weird? I didn't know whether I should take that personal or not. But it did get me thinking of, you know, what I could do weird up here. I, I, I thought about showing up today with like a big, you know, kind of bright purple, kind of Dennis Rodman-esque swoosh here. But my wife vetoed that. Uh, I, I, thought about, I thought about wearing later hosen. You know those, those, those little short outfits with the, with the suspenders that they force little German boys to wear? That wouldn't have been weird. That had been just wrong on so many levels. So I vetoed that. And, and instead, I just, I just wore these shoes. I just wore these shoes. Do, they, do these, does, it, does this count as a weird shoe? Some of the men are saying, that doesn't even count as a man's shoe, dude. That's, now, the, the, these are Toms. And, and, and how many of y'all know about Toms? As uh, yeah, as, as, a, as shoe companies go, Toms is weird. For every pair of shoes they sell, anytime they sell a pair of shoes, they give away a pair of shoes to somebody who doesn't have any at all, who really needs them, usually in a third world type place. The head guy at, at, at Tom's isn't called CEO, he's called the chief shoe giver. And so these are my weird shoes as we wrap up our series today called Weird. And here's a little recap for you where we've been. Jesus said that there's basically these two roads in life that you can go down and one is this big broad wide road and that's the way most folks go that's that's the way of normal and then there's this other road there's the road less traveled and it's traveled by very few and the, and the road of normal actually leads to destruction but the way of the few leads to life, and throughout this series, we said if you want what normal people have, just do what normal people do. And you know what normal is normal's stressed, normal is beleaguered, normal is well, I mean, well, how many times you talk to somebody and you say, Hey, how are you doing? and they say, Oh man, just, just great, just filled with so much peace, just my life is just so chilled out, it's just so good, I'm doing so fine. When's the last time you ever heard somebody say that and they weren't smoking something? <laughs> if you want what normal people have, just do what normal people do. But if you want what few people have, do what few people do. And the way of the few is weird. We talked about... Uh, being weird in a God kind of way. We talked about being weird in how we deal with finances and money. We talked about weird when it comes to how we uh, do our relationships. We talked about uh, weird when it comes to dealing with desires, that being people who, who don't just go for the immediate because we want the ultimate. And today I'm supposed to talk about weird is better, and to do that I'd like to focus on this one, I think, weird thing that Jesus said. Now, Jesus didn't say just one weird thing. He said a number of weird things. Here's a little sampling. Uh, one time, Jesus said, if, if, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. Ew. 
But that, that's weird. But he did say it. Another time, look at this one. Jesus said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. That's weird. Another time, Jesus said this. He said, where the corpse is, the vultures will gather. Don't see that on a whole lot of refrigerator magnets, do you? That's, that's, that's weird. But the weird thing that Jesus said is something you might have heard him say if you've been around church much. But if you haven't, that's okay. Here's what he said. And see if it doesn't strike you as weird. Jesus is speaking and he says this. He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. That's a weird thing to say. I mean, for starters, these are weird words. The word for spit out there is, is this Greek word, uh, and, and it, it's the word uh, emeo. Emeo. Somebody say emeo. Emeo. And emeo doesn't mean to spit out like it's a, you know, a, a bad cup of coffee. Like, oh, this is horrible. No, it's not like that. Emeo literally means to vomit. You know, hurl, puke, whatever you want to call throwing up. And, and, and Jesus said this, and, and, and this is a weird thing, because when Jesus said this, he was speaking to Christians. And he's saying, if, if, I'm, if I'm lukewarm, if I'm neither cold nor hot, Jesus, he's going to spit me out of his mouth like, 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 like a mouthful of puke? That, that, that's weird, because that doesn't sound at all to me like the loving, gracious Savior that that I know. In fact, growing up, I heard these words a lot growing up around church. And these words didn't just strike me as weird. They, they scared me. And I, I, I interpret them and uh, uh, they like made me feel guilty for not being uh, a better Christian than I was. And I'd feel all guilty and I'd get all scared. And, you know, and, 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 and so then I'd, you know, I'd rededicate my life and, and I'd promise to stop doing this and start doing that. And, you know, and then I'd go out and break those promises immediately, and then I'd see, see the need again whenever I hear this verse again to, you know, kind of rededicate my, my life again. And I was mainly scared that, this wor- that these words meant that, that, that God was going to reject me for not being a good enough Christian. Let's be real clear here today, folks. That's not what these words mean. These words are not meant to instill fear or to suggest that if somebody is lukewarm, then God is going to reject them. That's, that's not what this means, okay? But it's still a very weird thing that he said. And, and see, track with me here. I think it's weird because I get why he said he would rather have me hot than lukewarm. He would rather have me be on fire and passionate about my relationship with him that, I, that, that there would be that, you know, kind of the, 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 the energy and vitality and, and, and heat in a good kind of way. I can see why he would say that he'd rather have me hot than lukewarm. But why did he say he would rather have me cold too? Why would he prefer cold to lukewarm? Why would cold be better? Are you with me about why this just seems weird? You can say yes, no, or I don't know. Okay? 
Well, here, here, here's some... I, I did some studying up on this verse because I wanted to resolve the weirdness of it in, in my own mind and I want to share it with you this morning. He spoke these words to a church at a place called Laodicea. And at the uh, place called Laodicea, Laodicea was this real wealthy area and 30... Stick with me, I'm going to go faster. 35 years before these words were written to, to the church at Laodicea, there had been this massive earth, earthquake that had basically leveled the area, but they had a whole lot of money and wealth and stuff, and so they rebuilt, rebuilt it really quick overnight, and they rebuilt it bigger and better and more lavish and more luxurious. Never, they built huge uh, amphitheaters for entertainment. They, they built big sports stadiums for, for that. They built fancy public spas, beautiful shopping centers. If you've ever been to the Vegas Strip, they basically kind of rebuilt their version of the, of, of the Vegas Strip more or less overnight. And Laodicea was this very uh, wealthy place. And in the process of making it just better and better, the first Christians there had become pretty much indistinguishable from the other Laodiceans. And here's particularly why he said that he wished they were cold or hot. See, they had no local source of water for this, for this city, so they had to bring it in from two main sources. One main source they brought the water in from was, was a hot spring, a natural hot spring, kind of geothermal thing, and, and, and they would pipe it in. But by the time they piped in the water from the hot spring to Laodicea, by the time it got to Laodicea, it wasn't hot anymore. It was just lukewarm right so then the other source of water was a was a a natural kind of a cold spring a cold stream but by the time that it got to Laodicea it wasn't cold anymore it was just lukewarm so Laodicea was kind of famous for only having one kind of water around town Unless you did something to it, and that was that was luke, luke, lukewarm. So luke, lukewarm means normal. And so see if this makes sense now. And for me, this is where the tumbler started to fall into place. And I started going, "Ooh, I'm starting to get this." Why he said this weird thing? When he said, "I'd rather have you hot or cold," it, it, it's because where these people lived, lukewarm was normal. And he said, "I'd rather have you be anything but normal." And he had this word of, of confrontation and this word of rebuke. Because when he says, I, I wish that you were hot or cold instead of lukewarm. I, I, I wish you weren't so normal. I wish there was something weird about you because of the way you follow me. But there's not. The problem was there was nothing about what they... It wasn't their beliefs. Look what it says. It says, I, I know your deeds. It wasn't that they didn't believe the right stuff. He didn't say, oh, you don't, you don't believe the right stuff. He said, it was, no, it's, your, it's what you do and don't do. And there's just really nothing weird about it because of me, Jesus is saying. The uh, inspiration for this series comes from this uh, book by this best-selling author and pastor guy, uh, Craig Rochelle. The name of the book is... Weird, and I thought I'd just read you this one part, and I quote. He says, My primary motivation for writing this book is that we've made lukewarmness synonymous with normal. As God looks at many of us today, we're not much different than those who aren't Christians. We're normal. We spend our time and money like normal people. We behave like most others. We have the same problems in our marriages and with our kids that people around us have. The divorce rate for Christians is no lower than for non-Christians. We claim to believe in God, but we don't want to believe so much that it makes us different. 
we don't want to go overboard with the whole religion thing. We don't want to stand out and have others misunderstand and label us. Then he goes on and says this. He says, an oxymoron is two words that are opposites blended together, like jumbo shrimp, government efficiency, Microsoft works. And he says then, if there is one oxymoron that is above all others, I'd argue it is lukewarm Christian. And then Jesus says, I, 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 I see the lukewarmness of, 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 of the choices that, that you make, of what you do and, and don't do, and, 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 and how you're not. And when, and when Jesus says, it makes me want to emeo, he's not saying, I, I'm, I'm, I'm about to get rid of you and send you to hell, you know, extra crispy for all eternity for you. No, no, no. He's talking about that feeling, and forgive me for reminding you of this feeling, but you know that feeling you have just before you're about to... There's that feeling, sorry to bring it to mind, somebody now has that feeling. I apologize. He said, when there's really nothing different because of me in what you do, it, I just kind of... It just kind of makes me want to puke. And we got to keep this in mind. You can love somebody a lot and they can still do things that make you want to puke sometimes. Or at least my wife reassures me that that's the way that it works. Now, hopefully, hopefully, as I'm kind of going on here about, about lukewarmness, I, I hope we're asking ourselves a question. I hope we go, man. I don't, want to, I don't want to make Jesus feel that way. I don't want to make him, you know, like, I love you, but it's kind of making me sick. I don't want to make my Jesus feel that way. I don't want to be lukewarm. How, how, do, how do I know if I am? I really hope there's somebody else here in this house this morning who's wanting to know, how do I know if, if this is for me? How do I know if I am lukewarm? And after thinking about that, and it, and, and, it, and it got me thinking about Jeff Foxworthy. Any Jeff Foxworthy fans here today? Yeah, Jeff Foxworthy says that, you know, everybody in the South is, is not a redneck. Um, it's just that you can be a redneck, redneck and, and not know you are one. So he devised this little test that you've heard probably somewhere before called, uh, You Might Be a Redneck. And I want to share some of these here. He says, here's how to know if you are one. He says, if your home is mobile and you've got 14 cars sitting in your yard that aren't, you might be a redneck. If the words heard most often in your house are, go on in there and jiggle the handle, you might be a redneck. If your wife's hairdo has ever got ruined by a ceiling fan, you might be a redneck. If you consider fifth grade your senior year, you might be a redneck. Uh, if you refuse to watch the Academy Awards ever since Smokey and the Bandit got snubbed for best picture, you might be a redneck. Uh, if you've been married three times and still have the same in-laws, You might be a redneck. So, so how do I know if I'm a lukewarm Christian or not? 
There's something I read some time ago in a, in, a, in, a, in a great little book from Francis Chan called Crazy Love on lukewarmness. And, and I've kind of turned it into a, a... Well, I'll just read it to you. If you go to church because it's what you think good Christians do but have no real desire to worship God, you might be a lukewarm Christian. If you don't want, really want to be saved from your sin... You just want to be saved from the penalty for your sin. You might be a lukewarm Christian. If you ask yourself, how far can I go before it's actually a sin? Instead of how can I keep myself pure as a temple of the Holy Spirit? You might be a lukewarm Christian. If you give money to the church and to charity as long as it doesn't impinge on your standard of living or lifestyle. You might be a lukewarm Christian. If you rarely share your faith with your neighbors, co-workers, or friends because you don't want to be rejected or thought of as weird, you might be a lukewarm Christian. If you gauge your morality and goodness by comparing yourself to the guy down the street who you already know is far worse than you, you might be a lukewarm Christian. If you love others but do not seek to love others as much as you love yourself, if most of your love is focused on those who love you in return, family and friends, you might be a lukewarm Christian. If you're moved by stories about people who do radical things for Christ but don't do anything radical yourself, you might be a lukewarm Christian. And then how about this one? I would add, if nobody who knows you doesn't think that there's anything weird about the way you go about following Jesus. And if nobody thinks you're weird because of how you follow Him, you might be a lukewarm Christian. Does anybody think you're weird because of how you follow Him? As I've shared with you all before, uh, for a number of years, I was a single again dad. I got two boys. They're 17 and 20 now. But uh, for uh, 10, 11 years, uh, it was just me and my boys. And one of the things I wanted to teach my boys was that our house was not just a refuge and a place of, uh, of acceptance and unconditional love and, and, and hopefully, you know, strength and sustenance for us, it, 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 was, it was for anybody who needed a home. And so what we did is we, we put an a apartment, we you know, put a bathroom in the, in the basement to make it kind of like a little apartment down there. And we always had um, guys from our church living there. Most of them were, were, were young guys, you know, guys in their late teens or 20s. And some of them were interns and some of them uh, were uh, guys who were just kind of down on their luck. Some of them were guys who would gotten, you know, thrown out. <laughs> by their wives, and we always had somebody living with us. And uh, it was always somebody different from time to time. And, 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 and then one day, a, a, a lady at our church came up to me at, at a church picnic, and she said, oh, one of my co-workers lives in your neighborhood. And I said, really? Who, who's that? Because I didn't know that. And she said, you know, so-and-so who lives, you know, a, a number of doors down. And I, I knew who she was, but I, did, I, I didn't, know her, didn't know her personally. And I said, well, how do you, how do you know... That, that, I, that I'm her neighbor. He said, well, because she came up to me and, and she said, one of your pastors lives on my street. And I said, well, which one? And she said, she said, Tim Sutherland. And then she said, and I, I hope it's okay for me to say, then she said to this lady from my church, uh, he's gay, right? 
And the lady from my church said, no, what, what, what makes you say that? And she said, well, there's all these young men coming and going from his house at all hours of the day and the night. So I, I just figured. Well, what's interesting is a lot of y'all know, uh, summer before last, uh, uh, June year ago, uh, I, got, I got married. And it turns out that this, that, that, that this woman who had come to this conclusion about me um, is, has a daughter who's exactly the same age as my wife's daughter. And they're friends. And so my, my wife and this woman are friends. And we've, we've since moved to another neighborhood just about a mile away. And my, my wife and this woman who said this were our friends. And, and, and my wife likes to tell this story. But she didn't know that this woman was the woman who, who had... Yeah. So she's telling her this story, and she's going, "Yeah, yeah." In the in the neighborhood that my husband used to live in, really, really nice people. But 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 you know, but there was at least one person there who'd come to the conclusion that. And 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 the woman just looked at her and said, "People." <laughs> I wish I could tell you lots of stories. About somebody thinking I was weird because of the way I tried to follow Jesus. I wish I could tell you lots and lots, but I can't. How about you? You got new, if, if, you're, if this is your first time at Parkview, the, the, these are brand new seats they, the, today. And, and there's, there's 250 more of them. And there's that, that, new, that new car smell. And, but I was, you know, before the service, I came down here yesterday for Saturday night service. Before the service, I was walking around looking at the seats. And I just kind of got this little nudge inside. And, 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 and I started uh, uh, praying over the seats. I, I walked down each row and, 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 and I, I touched each seat. The seat that you're sitting in. I, I, I touched the back of it. Creepy, huh? <laughs> Weird. But I, 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 and I, I was praying, I don't know most of you, but I was praying, if, if you are sitting in a seat, you have been prayed for before you came into this place today, and the prayer was this. This is what I felt like the Lord wanted me to pray. If the person sitting in this seat is afflicted, may they be comforted. And if the person sitting in this seat is too comfortable in their lukewarmness, may they be afflicted. But in a good way. In some way where, where there would be kind of a holy discontent in you. They'd go, yeah, you know, this, I, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to make Jesus feel like that. Let me ask you, does anybody think you're weird? Does anybody at, at work or, or, or at school, in, in, in just the way you interact with people, are you any different from anybody else? Does your tax guy think you're weird because of, uh, uh, of, of your generosity? If you're a student, does anybody at your school think you're weird? Not because you are a Christ follower, but because of the way. You're a Christ follower. My son's in college. He's in his junior year of college. And uh, last year he was dating this girl. And, and uh, he was sitting around the dorm talking and, and with some of his closer friends and then a bunch of other guys that he didn't know quite as well from the dorm there. And one of his friends said, Andrew, how's things going with so-and-so? Mentioning this, this girl that he was seeing at the time. And he said, great. And then one of the other guys said, so what's it like to... 
with her. And made a, a reference to a particular form of sexual activity. And, and Andrew just said, you didn't puff up his chest or nothing. He just said, dude, I don't, I don't do that. And neither does she. And several of the guys sitting around were like going, Really? And uh, my son goes to a Christian college. I don't blame the college. I do not. I blame lukewarm Christianity. Students, does anybody at your school think that you're something a little other than normal, not because you're a Christ follower, but because of the way you follow Him, because you're not lukewarm? And I stand before you this morning as somebody who's got a long way to go before these words are not for me. And if you're at all like me, if you're too often a little too normal, lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, well, there's hope. Look what Jesus said next. I never saw that till I was getting ready to give this message for this week, and I never saw this before. This is in, the, in that same chapter. Look what, he, look what he says next. Jesus says, Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. See, this is weird. Eating was a much bigger thing in Jesus' culture than it even is in ours. In Jesus' day, if you ate with somebody, it was an affirmation of who they are. It was, it was, a, it, it was, a, it was a sign of respect. You showed value for somebody just by who you ate with. And it wasn't like, sure, you can sit here. It wasn't like that. It was like, man, it was a personal statement of, of value and worth to eat with somebody. And can you see how weird this is for Jesus to go from saying, man, it, to see the, the normalcy and the lukewarmness, it, it, it just kind of makes me sick. And he goes, he says, but boy, you know what? I'm coming to you and I, I, I wish we could just eat together again. I wish we could just be close Friends, I don't think we get, I don't think we have any idea, any real idea, just how weird Jesus is. I mean, you say for you, but I'll say for me. I'm, I'm like I am, as lukewarm as I tend to be so often, and, he, and, and He's coming to me, knocking on my door, the door of my heart, saying, Tim, come on, man. Let's eat together. I'm like I am, and he's coming to me. It, it should be the other way around, right? I should be going to him going, man, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Come on, take me back. And he's like, oh, I don't know, you're kind of lukewarm, kind of grosses me out. I, I, I don't know, come on, please. I should have to like, be begging, but I don't. He comes to me, I'm like I am, and he still wants me. Friends, that is love. That is grace. 
that is weird. And it is better than anything in the world. In case you haven't been told recently, nobody loves you like he loves you. No man has ever loved you. No woman could ever love you like he loves you. And he is knocking at your door, whoever you are and wherever you are. And he, and he, he is saying, I, 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 just let me in. I want to just eat with you. I want to I be with you. So here we go, all right? Has the weirdness of His love for you changed you? Not just in what you believe, but in what you do. Here we go. This week, I challenge you, even as I challenge myself, one weird thing. One weird thing. Repent with me today and do one non-normal, non-lukewarm wonderfully weird thing this week. It might be something as small as, as, as becoming that person who really wants to know how people are doing and who really listens and really remembers what they said and really checks and, 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 and really cares for people instead of just high and by like everybody else. Just one small thing like that this week that, you, that, 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 that more often you that somebody go, there's something different about her. There's something different about him. Just one weird thing. Maybe it's one really big thing. And maybe today is like the tipping point where there's this big weird thing that you've been thinking about doing. And it's time. I mentioned uh, Tom's shoes, giving you know, away a pair of shoes, every uh, pair of shoes that they sell. There's, there's a guy at my home church who uh, owns an ad agency, a big ad agency in downtown Chicago. And, and he's been grasped by the weirdness of Jesus' love. And one of the decisions his company made as a company together now is to give... 10% of their profits away for the needs of people living in extreme poverty around the world. And so he doesn't just give 10% of his income to his church. He makes sure that 10% of the profits off the top for his company go to the needs of extreme poverty. That, that's weird. And I challenge you this morning, even as I challenge myself, whether you are a student, whether you are a construction worker, whether you are a stay-at-home mom, whether you are a CEO... Don't be lukewarm. Don't be normal. Be weird. And you've got to understand that your church, Parkview, is at a, at a, is a crucial, pivotal point in its history. God has done some wonderfully weird things through your church. I spoke last weekend at a church in the city of Chicago, in Lincoln Square area, if you know it. And there's a church that's, that's been started there, and, and, and it was started because your church stepped up and said, we want to support that financially and we don't ask that our name go on it and we don't ask for any control. We don't ask for any credit or control. We just want to help. And last Sunday there were 101 people at that church in the city of Chicago where a few months ago there wasn't anything like that because of the weird generosity of your church. And i got to affirm that to you today. Oh, man. It's so good. It's so good. And for Parkview to continue being this church that is, that is not just, you know, a big church with cool services and weird guys who come in there to, to guest speak. For, for, Parkview has got to have bunches and bunches and bunches of people who know how much God loves the world and they can't settle for normal anymore. So I say to you today, be so loving, it's weird. Be so kind and inclusive of other people that it's weird. Be so open with your home. Offer hospitality to who needs it. 
so much and so often and so well that it's weird. Do business in ways that are world-changingly weird. Be so generous that it's weird. When you get how weird Jesus is about you, He'll change you. May He make each of us more and more weird. Let's pray. God, help us. I pray for anyone today who is afflicted and needs comfort. Through the power of Your Holy Spirit, comfort them now. And I pray for anyone who is too comfortable, including myself, who needs a little positive affliction. I pray that we would heed your call to a world desperately in need, not of normal, but of weird. And thank you for being so weird about us. And in Jesus' name, everybody said...